Welcome to Moments with Marianne. This is your host, Marianne Pastana. Are you dealing with the feelings of fear, shame, and regret that come with unrelenting challenges or addictions? Stephen Washington is here today to share with us his new book, Recovering You, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addictions. So Stephen is a former professional dancer who performed on Broadway in Disney's The Lion King. His love of movement inspired him to become the highly acclaimed Qigong and Pilates teacher that he is today. Stephen lives a joyful life of recovery and is passionate about helping others as they navigate towards health and happiness. He teaches core Qigong, a fusion of Pilates and Qigong, weekly on his website. So let's welcome to the show, Stephen Washington. Thank you, Marianne. So happy to be here. Oh my goodness, what an honor it is to have you here and to talk about your new book. What inspired you to write this? Well, what inspired me to write Recovering You was I I felt as though there was a need to create a holistic guide to addiction recovery that utilizes somatic experience and movement as a central pillar for the healing, and also that addresses trauma in the body. Uh, I wanted it to be something that could also complement any other work that a person was doing in terms of addiction recovery, whether it's 12 steps or many of the other things out there that are available to help someone through uh, the recovery process. And I, I wanted something that would really focus on the body. I felt like there was, that that was missing. And I basically created something that I wanted, uh, that I wish that I had in my early years of recovery. A lot of the practices that I teach in this book are things that I discovered and developed and and invested my time and energy in once I was already 10 years uh, in my sobriety journey. So I just felt like I wanted to share all that I've learned along the road, along my road to recovery with others. And I wanted it to be something that can meet them wherever they are on their journey, whether they're brand new, whether whether they're getting ready to get ready to uh, enter recovery, whether they have a little bit of time in recovery, or whether there's someone like me who's been around for 20 plus years. I feel like the practices in this book are really helpful to everyone, even the people who are supporting those people in recovery, because I feel as though it takes a lot of energy and it can be stressful, of course, going through this process of recovery. Uh, and it's stressful to to hold space for another person. So I feel as though the practices in this book are, are beneficial to everyone. Well, congratulations, not only on this really amazing book, but also sobriety. I think that's such an important thing. And I've often heard people say when they are going through sobriety that they feel like it gets to a plateau and they're, you know, in regards to the material. So I, I, I can understand where you're thinking that this is something that has to be addressed because a lot of people don't talk about how the body is going through this whole process as well. Absolutely. I Going back to, I don't remember the name of the authors uh, at the moment, but I, I just bought their book and it's a very well-known book about trauma and it's the body keeps the score 
And I believe that's true. The, the body stores our experiences in the tissues. And, and I think in, in, in terms of reaching a point of true healing, we have to address the body, not just intellectualize the experiences that we've had. We have to, to go, we have to dig a little deeper, to dig a little deeper. And I think that it's quite beneficial to, to connect to the body and really work on that body, mind, spirit connection as it pertains to addiction recovery. Well, you do address uh, the spirit part, which a lot of people will get into kind of on the fringe. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and, um, you know, they, they, if they don't believe in a higher power, what have you, but that spiritual aspect, I think really needs to be filled as well. And I was so happy to see that your book dives into how we can do that self-care for ourselves. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I felt like it was important to talk about faith, talk about faith in the book. And it's not just a faith in a power outside of yourself, but also a faith and a trust in yourself, in your own inner wisdom. I think what happens, and I talk about this, we have so many experiences where we lose faith in ourselves or we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our ability to make sound decisions. Because if we, if we were, as far as addiction is concerned, if we were able to make sound decisions, sometimes we might look at it and say, well, if I were able to make sound decisions, I wouldn't have ended, I wouldn't end up, have ended up where I am right now. Um, particularly if it's been messy. So I wanted to help the reader to cut through some of the noise that can exist in our heads and our hearts around our ability to have faith in ourselves and also to expand outside of ourselves and find something else to connect with a power that's greater than ourselves, whether it's God for some people, for some people it's the universe, it's nature, it's just something that's bigger than themselves. And for a lot of people, it's uh, the collective consciousness of a group. I know that there are people in my past who had an issue with faith and connecting to some power greater than themselves. And sometimes it was just useful to look towards the group, that this group of people who have been on this road of recovery longer than they had, uh, the individual, and and were able to lean into their collective wisdom and for their support and energy in order to uh, move forward in their recovery. So I feel as though faith is is so it's 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 really important. And I love how we how I write about it in the book and how my friend uh, Jennifer speaks so clearly about her experience with with faith. Yeah, that's such a um, profound discussion there. It's interesting, just as we are talking about your book, you have so many, just, I think if someone's on their path for recovery or knows somebody or is um, just dealing with maybe difficulty in life, I felt like your book could really relate to people on many different levels beyond the recovery you know, spectrum. Absolutely. I think at the core of the book, it's self-care. And we all need 
self-care. And self-care is something that many of us lack. Uh, we, we don't make it a priority in life. And taking care of ourselves is vital just in terms of making ourselves better able to handle the stresses that we encounter each and every day. So whether it's the the deep breathing exercises that I teach or, or the self-massage, the meditation, or the movement, I believe that those practices are so useful just in terms of helping us to navigate life and to live life on life's terms, which can be stressful at times. Uh, self-care is, is just, it's, it's vital. And I wanted to give people as many tools as I possibly can. And they're all really simple. They're simple tools and they don't take a whole lot of time. Uh, but self-care is one of those things that we get the most out of it when we are consistent with it. So it's consistency and, and just making sure that you spend a certain amount of time tending to the needs of your body, your, um, your mind and your spirit. So what are the practices that you like to use when we talk about eliminating stagnation that's held in the body, either with emotions or tension or anything? The practices that I use, uh, they vary and it depends upon the day. Uh, I usually start off my, my day with some sort of connection to my body. Uh, I, 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 lately, I've adopted a practice of massaging my my neck. We tend to hold a lot of tension in the neck and shoulders and upper back. It's generally, this is where a lot of us hold stress. So I've been massaging my neck each and every day, multiple times per day. And I've discovered that that's been really beneficial for me in terms of my ability to manage anxiety. And that's one of the things that is, that's proven to be effective. Also, just connecting to the breath. Many of us hold our breath. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. We take, I don't know how many breaths we take in a day, many, many, many breaths in a day. Oftentimes, we're holding our breath and not even realizing that we're holding the breath. And when we do that, that creates more tension in the body. So taking some time to really focus on how am I breathing? Am I able to breathe deeply? If I'm breathing deeply and my belly is moving, then I know that I'm really engaging all the mechanisms of breath, which help me to shift from um, a fight, flight, or freeze state to a more relaxed, gentle, restorative uh, state. So really activating my parasympathetic nervous system when I'm able to connect to my breath deeply, as opposed to breathing in a very shallow way, which is essentially a stress breath. So taking the time to pay attention to how I'm breathing at various points in the day is very beneficial for me. And also just taking time to get outside, spend time in nature. That's been very healing as part of my self-care practice. And also, we have, a, we have a couple of different cats in our house, Obi and Bibi, and they are a big part of my self-care routine, just making time to spend with them, to uh, touch them. I, I instantly melt 
when I when I connect with our with our cats and and I didn't expect them to be such a big part of my self-care routine when we when we adopted them almost 7 years ago but they have become a vital part of my recovery just because it also takes my focus off of myself and it allows me to focus on something outside of myself that needs my attention and my care and it it does remarkable things for my uh, for my ability to self-soothe, self-soothe and self-regulate. Well, nothing could say more about the power of having animals we love around us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> therapy, <laughs> therapy cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your book, you have this chapter that you talk about isolation. Why is that? I'd like to understand that more. Isolation. Well, I think that... Addiction is a, that it leads us to isolation. I I know from, from my own personal experience, there was a part, there's always been a part of me that tended to isolate, being a bit of an introvert and just being such a sensitive person. It was very easy for me to isolate. And one of the reasons why I drank and did drugs was so that I could get outside of myself and connect to people and feel like I was a part of something instead of feeling separate from. So I used that as a tool for a long time until I couldn't anymore. And then what happened for me was that my my addictions made my world smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, every single day, I couldn't wait to be alone with myself and with my drugs of choice in order to um, really attempt that attempt to self-soothe and self-regulate. And, and I did it until it didn't work anymore. And isolation is such a big part of addiction. And I feel as though connecting to community, getting outside of yourself, allowing others into your life, people who know where you're coming from, know where you've been, uh, know where you are right now in your, your, your journey of recovery and have a sense of where you're going. There's something very powerful about connection and community. I think it's the, it's the polar opposite of isolation and I wanted to talk about it in the book because it is a big part of this whole addiction and recovery experience. And I love the way that my friend Randy talks about her experiences with isolation as well. And, and how when she was able to finally get the help that she needed through recovery meetings, she was able to walk into a situation where she no longer felt isolated. She felt connected. She felt like, oh, this, this, these people understand me. Oh, they're speaking, they're speaking my language. I'm not so unique. I am not so, um, I'm not so outside of the norm and that there is a solution. So I felt like it was really important to talk about isolation because it's such a common experience and I wanted to give people hope that 
there is a way out of isolation and and to connecting to others. Because studies show that that for our own mental health, isolation is not beneficial. And there's a difference between solitude and isolation. There's nothing wrong with needing solitude and needing time for yourself to connect to yourself and your own thoughts and your own energy. Um, but but it's it's it can it could flip to isolation, which is not healthy. And having some sense of belonging and community is is beneficial to your overall health and well-being. I think that's just beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's um, something that a lot of people go through. And unless we're realizing this and bringing this out into the forefront, I think it's something that's easy for people to kind of get lost in, feeling like they're the only people that are going through a situation or having difficulty and um, what you talk about not being unique, but it's like everyone goes through challenges. It's yeah. How we deal with them. And some people, we just haven't learned those life lessons. Yes, absolutely. And I think for a lot of people, it's it's challenging to reach out. It's It can be scary. I, I completely understand that. And so the first chapter around isolation is important. And then later in the book, I talk about just the benefits and the need for social support and all the different ways that you can find social support, build a social support network, because it's what it's what benefits us all, no matter whether you're dealing with addiction or not. It's we people need people. People need people. And and I know it's challenging for some and I wanted to give people different things to think about and different approaches and different tools that they could use to build support around them so that they don't have to go through this alone. You know, one of the things I really appreciate in your book, Bill talks about fear. Mm. And I I was just like, man, he is dead on. It's interesting to look how we get caught up in fear when 90% of the time, what we worry about never happens. And I just look at that. And I'm like, wow, that is so true. Isn't it though? <laughs> we always think the monster from under the bed is going to come and get us. You know? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it's and it's it's such a fear is one of those emotions that colors so many different other emotions and other aspects of life, and and it's something that's I think pumped into the culture. Fear is pumped into the culture, so we're constantly getting this daily dose of fear. And, and I, and it's been my experience as someone who's dealt with addiction. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm a very sensitive person to the energies around me. And that's one of the things that I sought uh, a relief from when I used. And I know what it's like to be a very fearful person. And one of the things that recovery has given me is a life beyond fear. And it's not to say that I don't still experience fear, but I have all these different tools and different perspectives on fear that like, like Bill said, and I loved it when he said it, that yeah, most of the things that we fear don't actually come to fruition. And, and one of the tools that I used, and I learned this when I was in a 12 step recovery and I was working the steps 
my my sponsor at the time asked me to make a a list of my fears. First of all, sharing your fears is is a way to move past them because oftentimes we keep them inside and we don't talk about them. And then it festers. But once we put light on them, once we shine light on the fear, it tends to lessen it. But also making a list of my fears has been very useful. And I've used that tool many times in my life because when I put it on paper and I think about that whole scenario that I might have come up with in my head around this particular thing that I'm afraid of. And if I play it all the way out, if I play the tape all the way to the end and just see, well, what's the worst thing that could happen if this fear came true, I get a different perspective about it. Because at the end, ultimately, my fear is that with all of my fears, if, if these things happen, that I won't be able to survive it or that I won't be able to navigate it. But if I'm honest about my life and I look at what I've been through and what I've experienced, I've always been able to get through things. I've always been able to survive and manage to do and not do more than survive, but thrive. So what in me tells me that that won't be true today because it was true yesterday. So just giving yourself the time and the space to reflect on fear in that way, I think is really empowering. So I wanted to give people that opportunity to think of fear and their fears uh, in a different way so that they have the ability to move beyond it. Well, I love how in your book, you talk about checking in with your breath as you're mm-hmm. coming up against these fears. And I thought that it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the breath tells you, you can tell a lot about how you're feeling by how you're breathing. And like I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about self-care, when we're stressed, our breaths become short, shallow, choppy. And if we're paying close enough attention, we can identify that and then we can change the way that we breathe. And if we do that, then that will affect how we feel. Just like it's this circle, this cycle between the feelings and the breath and the breath and the feelings. And so tuning into that is a really powerful tool. And that's something that's accessible to everyone, for everyone. Yeah, it's having these tools that people can use that really makes the difference. Because then you can take a moment, just you know, check in with your body and then manage what's going on. Just really kind of tune in to what's going on. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Well, You talk about mindful movement, and we've touched on that a couple of times. So what is mindful movement? Mindful movement is basically moving your body, but with with awareness, paying attention to how your body is moving in space and what you're feeling in your body as you move, just giving yourself a chance to not only move your body with awareness, but also check in with your breath. How are you breathing while you're moving? This all brings us into the present moment, which is a very powerful place to be. Uh, We're all living in the present moment, really, but our minds tell us that we're also living in the past or we're also projecting into the future. But mindful movement is a way to tap into the body and really reinforce the body-mind connection through movement and breath and awareness And it's a tool that is woven through the book because it's, again, connecting to 
the body and having these somatic experiences for healing. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was in Chinese medicine school, and I was so convinced that becoming a Chinese medicine doctor was my path. And once I, once I arrived uh, in the program. I started to feel as though maybe I had made the wrong choice, and this created a a lot of anxiety and worry within me. And it was a very difficult time, very turbulent emotions I felt during that time. And it was a time when I was afraid that I could potentially lose my sobriety because I I just did not know how to cope with the feelings that were coming up for me. And one of the one of the ways that I was able to manage those feelings, work it through the body, was through qigong. When I first became introduced to qigong as part of the 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 program, the master's program I was in, and it helped me tremendously. I was able to take the fear and the worry and the anxiety that I was feeling, and I was able to transform it into peace, into.、Um, Peace and 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 compassion for myself, and a deeper sense of awareness and confidence that what I was experiencing was exactly what I was supposed to be experiencing, and that I was going to move beyond this. And no matter what I decided to do, I eventually decided not to become a Chinese medicine doctor. But I was just amazed at what this. Mindful movement practice was was facilitating for me. It just it was remarkable, and I from that moment on I knew that I had to share it with others because it's it's really the ability to to, to take these heavy dense emotions and compost them and transform them into something. Because I feel as though that is something that the body and the mind and the spirit naturally do, but there are things that get in the way of that process. And mindful movement is a way to open up the channels and open up the channels so the energy is able to flow, because the emotions are just、uh, a manifestation of of life force energy, which sometimes can be as dense as your body, but also as as refined as your emotions, and even more refined as your your thoughts and your intuition. So mindful movement is a way to to encourage the smooth flow of that energy through the body, so that it doesn't become stuck and stagnant. We don't need any more of that, right? <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. And mindful movement gives you energy too. And we all need energy. We all we all benefit from having more energies. So many of us move through life exhausted, tired,、um, and. This this practice as a way of cultivating life force energy within you, and you know there isn't a person on this planet that wouldn't benefit from more energy. That's the truth. My goodness. Well, Stephen, what do you want readers and listeners to take away from your book? Well, I first and foremost, I want them to know that they aren't alone in what they're experiencing. I also, 
I want them to walk away with the belief that they're worthy of recovery, that they're worthy of change and transformation. And then lastly, that I want them to walk away with a, a, a toolbox full of tools that they can use to help them build a more conscious and joyous life. Well, what great attributes one could achieve from reading your book. I, I felt that it was very impactful. Well, Stephen, where can our listeners connect with you and be part of your community and learn more about your work? Beautiful. Uh, all, the, all of those of you who are listening to us right now, you could find me at stephenwashingtonexperience.com where you'll see all of my offerings. I have a membership community where I create wellness content for, uh, for many people who follow me. Also, you can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with the same name, Stephen Washington Experience. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok as well. And, and of course, this book, Recovering You, published by New World Library, is out in bookstores and available um, on Audible as well. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thanks for having me, Marianne. It's lovely to be with you and with your energy. Well, thank you, Stephen. It has been such an honor just to be in your energy as well. And I am so delighted that we got to talk about your book today, Recovering You. Recovering You, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addiction is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all indie retailers. And of course, support our indie bookstores. Make sure to check out Stephen's website at stephenwashingtonexperience.com. Be part of his community, learn more about the workshops he does, and of course, purchase his book. Well, we're going to pause here for a quick moment, and we'll be right back after this message. I'd like to thank Jason Eastwood at Guitarfulness for sharing his inspiring music and talent with us. His music is known worldwide for cultivating atmospheres of harmony, inner peace, and clarity. Visit Jason's website at guitarfulness.com. Join his newsletter, be part of his community, and download his music. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. You've been listening to Moments with Marianne where we make every moment count. In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in her own work. And while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. 
Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmarianne.com for more information.